What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath. I am a collector of sports cards. I would expect if you are listening to this show, you collect sports cards too. We are going to talk about such topics today. That's what we always do. If you're new to the show, welcome to the party. You probably heard because a damn friend told you about this. Shout out to all you longtime loyal listeners who are bringing in the new collectors, the new revolution. Yes, this is the era of the sports card collector and the hobby. That's where it is, and that's why there's been so much damn excitement on this side and will be on the other side about collecting sports cards, the national, meeting friends, hanging out, eating pizza, doing all the things that we like to do, slanging, making deals. That's why I love this hobby. That's why I love everybody who's listening to this damn show. And I'm fired up and mostly I'm fired up because I'm feeling some energy. This show would not be possible without the unofficial sponsors who show up each and every week and make sure that me and my family have food on the table. So all you unofficial sponsors, you know who you are out there. I've plugged you. I've talked about you because we have this unofficial relationship that's full of passion and desire. And I, it, it's so strong that I get up here every week and I share what your brand is about with this community of collectors. And I hope I get you more sales. I hope you're swimming in the revenue because you're unofficially connected with the Stacking Slabs podcast. And I want to tell you all that I'm really excited about today's unofficial sponsor. And that is Killwinds, baby. You like chocolate? Go check out Killwinds. Me and my daughter had a little daddy-daughter stroll over. She ate her lunch and I said, you want a treat? And of course, the answer out of her mouth was, yup. So we walked into Killwinds and you should have seen her eyes. It was like we were at the Disney World of chocolate, making all the chocolate the fudge was going, all the things were happening. They were scooping the ice cream and I'm trying to empower the little one early. Make your own decision. So I said, what do you want? What do you want? Went over to the case. We grabbed some peanut butter gimmicks that look like uh, souped up versions of Reese's cups. Um, you know, I'm a mark for the Oreo cookies that have the caramel and are dipped in the Kilwins chocolate. And so we have been surviving off of Kilwins ever since that stop. It's been phenomenal. If you have a Kilwins in your neighborhood, or even if it's in an adjacent town, it is worth the trip, baby. Is there a Kilwins in Rosemont? There should be. Let's go build one. Check out Kilwins. I want to thank my good friends over there for just a phenomenal treat this weekend. Shout out to them. I am getting geared up not only for the national. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about in this episode one of the coolest freaking things that has happened to me ever since I've been back in the hobby. And just there's so many stories and lessons as I've reflected on it. We're going to share it. It's unexpected, but just it'll help drive this episode along. And hopefully it gives you some ideas on ways you can be thinking about sharing your passion for your collection because it pays off. It might not happen overnight, but it will pay off. I'm telling you, but I have been buying tickets, baby, professional wrestling. I'm going back to the Chicagoland area in September for my fourth AEW all out. This time it's at the United Center. I've seen so much wrestling in Chicago in my life, but I've never been to a professional wrestling event at the United Center. So that's happening 
Labor Day weekend. Fired up for that. We've got Fastlane coming to Indianapolis. Premium live event, baby. It's happening right around October. I'm going to buy a ticket. Well, hope, hopefully I can go because baby number two is going to be on the way. But I love to see professional wrestling live. I have been consuming tons of football content. Even in the offseason, there's been a lot of great stuff that has come out that I want to share with you, the listener of the Stacking Slabs podcast. Are you listening to Play Callers, the five-episode series put out by The Athletic? Phenomenal. Talking through the young play callers that are innovating and reshaping the way we watch football. Shanahan, McDaniel, McVeigh, LaFleur, interviews connecting them all, firsthand accounts, man. It was awesome. It was the same format and setup that from last year with the luck episode that I was rave or luck series that I was raving about. This is kind of their second installment of it. And it is awesome. So go check out that it's called play callers. I've also been consuming quarterback, the Omaha production from my man, Peyton on Netflix. You know, I just, it's kind of got that. Um, I never watched the, um, F1 deal need for speed, but I, I get the vibe that it's a similar type of format behind the scenes looking at certain players and uh, they're following Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins, and of course the living legend himself, two-time Super Bowl champ, Patrick Mahomes. And to me, they could do anything. They could follow anyone and I'm going to watch it. But I have interest and intrigue because I think I know a little bit about Patrick Mahomes, but I have not seen him um, in this light. So it's really fun to look at him as the competitor. And really what my primary takeaway early is, it's very easy to see why this guy is great. So go check out those two series. If you're looking for some football content, the national is on the other freaking side of this. How about that? How you doing? Are you excited? Momentum is building and building and building. And I hope it's the biggest national ever. I know a lot of people have been talking about it, but it just seems like the content conversations, the connections, there's been so much momentum. And I, I'm not here to go in and, you know, go do all the things that, uh, you know, the, the influencers in this hobby show you. They're already going to be showing you. They're influential enough. They're going to show you the pictures next to the vendors and the, they're going to snap you know, fancy pictures at dinners and all these things. And you're going to be able to live through the influencers, the hobby. What I want to do is I just want to be away from everybody for a couple days. And I want to go buy some sports cards. Yeah, I want to see you. I want to say what's up. I want to give you a high five. I want to see what you got in your box, what you're trying to do. Hopefully I can meet as many of you as possible out there. But I am there. I'm going to buy sports cars, man. I think a lot of what I've been seeing that really excites me is the volume of deals that are getting done ahead of the show. And we all have the opportunity to buy cards ahead of the show, but we just got to put in a little work. I think the opportunity here is just if you know someone who is setting up at a show who you've made deals with in the past and you are looking for specific cards, it does not hurt to ask. You can also go to the national site. They have a dealer list. Go scan the list, start building out the list, and proactively reach out to people. I think the more proactive we can be a week before the show, the stronger chance you have to get the cards you want. It's all about doing the work. I'm telling you what, I'm not a seasoned veteran. I'm not an expert. I don't try to be one. But what I can tell you just from my experience at the show it is overwhelming. There's people everywhere. There's vendors everywhere. It's hard to navigate. Your cell phone service probably won't work. So the more work you can do up front, the stronger chance you're going to 
leave that show with the types of cards that you're looking for. I know there's a lot of hoopla. This is the Super Bowl of sports cards for many. And with that, there's a lot of um, look at me, look at me now, look at my funny bit, look at the funny business over here. Come check out my thing, come check out my event, go do this, go do that. Just go do what you want to. Don't feel obligated to do anything that you don't want to. You don't have to spend time in this. Like, this is my time away. So hopefully it's your time away. And we talk a lot about being the CEO of your PC, like be the CEO of your national experience. Don't follow the herd. Go do what you want to do. And I think there's just been a lot of promotion, a lot of things that I haven't really liked or I haven't really meshed with. And I don't want to get into specifics and I just don't want to get into it. I posted a few things on my story this week, but I just think like there are different lanes in this hobby. And I think there are, there's the collector lane and that is likely people who are listening to this show. And then there's the other lane of unproven buy card for way too much buy card to pass the buck on to someone else and that mentality and mindset. And I really think it's fine to have different flavors in the hobby. Diversity is really great, but I think it starts to get twisted when you start setting up the uneducated for failure. I think a lot about this. I think a lot about content, experience, education, and we're having some chats just in a group this week. And this point was made by um, former guests of the show, Austin, Austin Carlson, shout out. But he made mention that there's almost like two different funnels in the hobby. And I, I couldn't agree more. And it's like, you've got the funnel and that's the mainstream funnel. And on the mainstream funnel is all of the things that Basically, we're in our face for the height of the sports card boom, and people go in, and a lot of that those conversations are about, in that funnel, are about making money, and a lot of those things are about moving out of cards really quick and passing them on to someone else and investing in sports cards. And then you've got another funnel, which is like people that just are trying to collect sports cards, okay? like. I talked about this with Rob, Masshole Sports Cards. A shout out if you haven't listened to that show. We talked about going high and wide in collections, and we talked about kind of before and after building out sets and football players that we had nostalgia for. And before we got on, we talked a lot about just being dads, and we talked about being busy professionals, and we talked about like that the small sliver of time that we have when we're done with work, when we're done being with husbands, our husband, when we're done being dads for the day that we spend in the hobby. And it's like the for people that are busy professionals who have kids and who are dedicated to the hobby, part of us is like, I don't need the, I don't need, I'm not trying to buy a unproven quarterback's cards for $2,000 so I can then go sell it to someone for $2,200 and then go move on and do it again with someone else. Like that sounds exhausting. And I don't have any interest in that. That's not why I'm here. And I understand that might be why someone else is here. And that's why there's kind of these two different funnels. So a lot of the times we argue back and forth and on each side about different things. And it's just almost because like, yeah, it's sports cards, but the, the way we're approaching and our reasons for being here couldn't be more drastically different. 
So I think, and where I'll take a stand, where I do say I think there should be many flavors of the hobby, we should be doing many different things. I just uh, start to get vocal when the intention and the message by someone else or or another entity is a is when I can look at it and say, okay, this person's just trying to capitalize off of someone who's not informed. And but I guess that's like that's that's what the mainstream does. <laughs> that's just what it's all about. And that part of the hobby I don't have any interest in. And what I do have interest in interest in is building out an awesome collection and hearing about other collections that people have and what excites them, what motivates them, why they treat the hobby as an escape. And I just think that if you're listening to the show, we're going to continue to bring more of that on here than the other stuff, because the other stuff is prevalent. It's like, shit, I can't even flip. I I can't even scroll through my freaking Instagram feed anymore without seeing just absurd videos of shit. I'm like, I don't follow these people. Like I've muted these people. How do they keep showing up in my feed? It's, it's just the same shit over and over again. But anyways, I'm going off the rails a little bit because I'm passionate about it and because I love collecting sports cards, but we're going to continue to talk about collector driven topics. And what I want to do, if I'm going to contribute to the national conversation in a productive way, it's not reinventing the wheel and it's not talking about the same stuff everyone has talked about already because there's so much great content out there and people are already doing it and you've already got access to that. So I don't want to reinvent the wheel. But what I want to do is bring my man, Kevin Randall, to Captain 37 on, who will be set up at the show. And really what I want to do in this conversation is get you all to understand the mindset of a dealer at the National, understand their goals, ways to approach deal making, and really get that perspective from the dealer. Because I think that'll be good. And like, if you have that, and sure, Kevin's perspective is going to be different than some other dealer's perspective. But having that baseline will give you an advantage and an opportunity to be able to to be on the same page with certain collector or certain dealers when you're at that show and you're trying to get the card you want. And a lot of this, it's just going to be about communication. It really is. And we're just going to talk about communication. It's a topic I'm certain, certainly passionate about, but excited to bring that conversation to you. If you're tuning in and you're a fan of this show and you listen regularly, that's going to drop on Friday. So my man, Kevin Randall, the Captain 37, back on the damn program. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready to talk about this. And this is a story about something that happened to me in the hobby this past week that sent me off track. I had to regroup and I had to think deeply about the opportunity in front of me and how I wanted to take advantage of it. And then now that the dust has settled on the other side of it, I'm excited to share it with all of you. So starting with the player, then we're going to get into what happened. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the cards and then share some lessons learned throughout this. So it is undeniable that, and he's already been mentioned once already in this podcast, and I talk about him a lot, probably more than anybody else who has a podcast in any arena. And that's because I'm a fan of this guy, and that is Andrew Luck. Okay. When I got back in the hobby, it took me a couple cycles to finally come to the determination and conclusion that I need to buy Andrew Luck cards. And again, it's not the one mainstream funnel. It's not 
I need to buy Andrew Luck cards because I think Andrew Luck is coming back so then I can sell the Andrew Luck cards. That's not it. It is, I need to buy Andrew Luck cards because he's my second favorite football player of all time. I have a deep connection with him. I Some of my favorite years as a Colts fan were inside Lucas Oil Stadium while he was my quarterback. And so, because he represents so much uh, nostalgia to me, even to this point, and the feelings he gave me and the memories he gave me, it was a sign to me that said, you know, grow up, dude. Like, grow up and start collecting his cards. And so when I had this uh, moment where it said, where I said to myself, it's time to collect Andrew Luck cards, and this is probably maybe 10 months into getting back into the hobby, I immediately saw an opportunity. And the opportunity that I saw was that many people who were holding on to Andrew Luck cards were holding on to these cards because, and they viewed them not from the lens of emotion that I had, and man, he means a lot to me, but they viewed it from the lens of these are bad investments. These are bad investments because I thought this guy was going to be the next big thing, going to be the next greatest player of all time, and now he's no longer playing, and in fact, he retired. And so being in a space where people viewed their Andrew Lux in their collections as assets and vehicles for money, a lot of people who were holding on to Andrew Luck cards were just trying to recoup anything that they could for those cards. And to me, that screamed opportunity. And so most of the mainstream was offloading Andrew Luck cards. and But there were also, on the other side, a few very passionate collectors who I've met and connected with throughout my course and journey in the hobby. And I think the lesson here is, I think whoever your guy or gal is, there's always a chance to build something that is unique and maybe in some cases you have the opportunity to have the best collection of that player in the world. And this track is not new. I think Chris McGill has been beating this drum for a while and he does it with his actions and you can look at his Christian McCaffrey collection and I think confidently say like he's probably got the best Christian McCaffrey collection in the world. And so for me, it's this a lot of different things are happening, right? So you've got this player who people thought was going to be the next big thing who don't want to hold on to anymore. They're just trying to recoup everything. I'm on the other side as someone who's probably going to be um, an individual who is in the sports card space who will actively spend money on Andrew Luck cards, not because I'm trying to pass that, the buck to someone else, but most important because I am trying to... Um, most importantly, it's because he is a player that I deep, I have deep affinity for. The problem for me as I've gone through this initial cycle is that a lot of the cool luck cards that I have been after have already dried up. The small community of luck collectors out there have gobbled up everything, so it's been really hard to unearth some of the really cool cards that are out there. And I think... There's so many comments about people say say to me when I post cards that uh, luck cards that like it's like the favorite part of my collection and I can't really figure out, out why I think maybe it's like it's this like anti invest flag that I wave perhaps or maybe it's 2012 um, is a very nostalgic time for many collectors which is I think it, or maybe it's just a combo of these things but I've been habitual 
about posting my Andrew Luck cards and telling stories about why I love these cards. And it paid off. Okay. I talk about this a lot, but it pays off. It really does when you show your passion, when you express yourself, when you share your love of a specific player or set or parallel. People take notice and people take notice and they they give you opportunities that you might not have because I think ultimately one thing we can all agree on is that collectors, when we do get in the position where we need to get rid of cards because we're going and moving into something else or we're preparing for a trip like the National or you name it, stuff happens in life. We want to sell our cards to other collectors who we know will appreciate that. And that happened to me. And the message is post your damn cards, okay? Be consistent. Post your damn cards. Be proud of your collection. The more you do it, the more people will take note of it and give you opportunities when stuff pops up that you might not have ever seen without it. So this happened to me last week out of nowhere, like an RKO in the face. It's like Andrew Luck giving me an RKO, which would be pretty sweet. I want to see an Andrew Luck versus Randy Orton match before I die. Maybe Hell in a Cell. Uh, I don't know, any format, I'm down for that. But anyways, again, I'm going off the rails again. I want to thank my man, Justin. He's on Instagram, at Andrew Luck Collector. He was in the process of, of doing something, and he said to me, hey, man, I'm looking to raise some money. I've got some Andrew Luck cards available. Here's kind of what's out there. I wanted to give you a chance at these before I start posting them. And I was taken aback. I was taken aback for many different reasons because one, Justin's collection is unreal. Okay. So, so many cards in his collection are cards that I've all, I've long admired. Um, and again, I talk about there being a few Andrew Luck collectors out there. He's one of them and I've just admired his stuff. So, man, I was like, okay, this is an unbelievable opportunity. Thank you so much. And I said, when I get a chance in the evening, uh, I'm going to go through everything and I'm going to make the list. And I knew I probably wasn't going to take everything on the, on the first pass. And the reason for that was because I'm trying to raise funds and, and, and be at a certain level going into the national. But then I had this moment of, if these cards were at the national, this is what I would be buying. Um, I was listening to uh, uh, Wax Museum podcast this morning while I was cutting grass and there in a conversation, Kyle was talking about like, don't wait, like, don't wait. Just like if a card pops up on eBay that you'd want, like, don't wait for the national. I couldn't agree more. Like I could not agree more. And I'm so happy that I took action, but I like made this list. We went back and forth a couple of times and I ended up getting just a awesome set of cards from him. I went to Instagram when they arrived and I did a live. Um, so it's on my page where you can check it out, but here are some of the cards that I got got a 2017 gold prism, a 2013 gold prism. And let me tell you about this. Let me talk to you. Yeah, there's a little LA night for you. A little Easter egg for all you wrestling marks out there. Um, the gold prisms of luck just don't pop up, okay? So I bought one in March of 2022, his 2015. Hadn't seen another one since. So seeing these, it's like, oh my God, like... There it is. So like, I was like, I got to grab those. I got a totally certified, you know, that's my favorite set, 2014 mirror red, which I didn't have. And I picked up another gold out of five. So I've got the four out of five and the five out of five. Yeah. Fired up about having another copy of that. 
2014 Select Gold, which I'd never seen before. Uh, 2013 Spectra City Limits, first year Spectra City Limits Gold, that insert rules. Some big boys. 2016 Select Black, one of one. 2018 Optic Gold Vinyl, and I got a 19 Elite out of eight. And that was my first pass. And we did another deal afterwards that I'll talk about, but I haven't gotten the cards yet, so I want to wait for that. But I got to just tell you, man, I'm so freaking excited. I've got my luck. Literally, these cards came and I put out all my luck cards. And I was like, you know what? Like, I have an opportunity here. I have an opportunity to have one of the best freaking Andrew Luck collections in this world. And this is motivating. It gets me so excited thinking about it. I've been on YouTube watching old luck film. Just this is what it's all about, everyone. This is why we collect sports cards to make. It's this feeling I have. And hopefully you have that feeling and you get that feeling when you pick up cards. But this mail day when it came, not all mail days are the same. And this one, I missed the first pass round. I got the sheet and I freaked out, right? I, I missed it. And then it came the next day and all was fine. But all I could think about was getting these cards. When these cards came, it was a different kind of feeling. You know, we get our mail days and it's like, cool, card. But this was like a deep feeling and it was like an emotional connection with this set of cards and i just want to encourage everyone like collecting cards navigating finding why you're here is really really important and once you get it it's like it sinks its teeth in you and you can't let go and that's how i felt with this and it's just so freaking awesome so these are the cards i would have been looking for in rosemont i've got them spent a little money out of my national fund who cares I've got the cards I want. And I want to close it out here by uh, mentioning something that I posted earlier, but it's just keeping up with the collectors is a distraction and impedes focus. You research, reflection, reaching for the moments and nostalgia, avoid conspicuous consumption, buy for you and impress a few. The collector's mindset always wins. The mainstream is telling you to buy the unproven quarterbacks right now for absurd prices. That's what's going to be on full display. You're going to walk everywhere in the National, and you're going to see Desmond Ritter. You're going to see Sam Howell. You're going to see Brock Purdy. And I want all these guys to be great. I want them all to be successful. The likelihood of all of them playing up to the level of what I would consume are Patrick Mahomes' prices. This is just, it's not likely. So I would just say to all of you, if those aren't your guys, if they're not on your teams, Just go buy the guys you like. Buy the cards that make you feel something. That's what it's all about. And that's what will keep you here for the long term. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast about collecting sports cards. My name is Brett McGrath, and this is the Stacking Size Podcast. I'll have my man Kevin Randall, the Captain 37, on the damn program talking about the dealer perspective going into the National on Friday. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. More Stacking Slabs on the other side. Peace.